The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm your host, Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined this week by two excellent co-hosts. Nate Heininger and Shane Kelly. And uh, yes, it's it's me, I'm back. Welcome back, Welcome Reagan. Back, we managed to do two episodes before the wheels fell off, and we had, <laughs> and we had to resort to uh, reposting. The wheels haven't fully gotten back on yet, but that's okay. Here we are. You're oh, back. man. Um, yep. Yeah, so for listeners who may have been uh, uh, may have missed the the, the messaging, um, I've been away because I have just celebrated the birth of my third child, Whoop. and so uh, my whole household is in uh, baby mode. Shambles! Incredible! Yeah. What a gorgeous baby you have. He, he good. Is just a, he is a good boy. He's a good boy. Yes, congratulations, um, Shane, Uncle Three X. Now, so uh, <laughs> just in on uh, on one side, I'm I'm also an uh, uncle many times over on the other side as well. This is really Shane's big day, so congrats, Shane. Yeah, congrats really to you. I did it all me. for you, bro. I appreciate that. Weird. Yeah, uh, you know, as a twin, I mean, we always I always like to make this point. I, uh, your kids are as genetically similar to me as my own. So um, I I count them as my own children. Uh, the courts may have something to say about that, but I appreciate the sentiment. This is weird insect law. Yes. <laughs> the Punnett Square says Shane is correct. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and it's, I mean, it is wonderful to have these great new little people around. Uh, but of course... Uh, as having little people around does, they are uh, disruptive to our podcast. You know, other shows, <laughs> other shows out there have uh, like season breaks and they'll be like, nah, you know, they'll they'll have like a, a, a hiatus. Not us. No, 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 no sir. Our dedication to playing one video game a week is <laughs> nearly perfect and has remained so through um many stages of life and i appreciate that about all of us i hope our listeners get it we've been yeah. holding on tightly to the concept of this podcast for eight years now and every episode is planned produced and released on like a, the turn of a dime or, or like with 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 chaos underneath it at all times. So whenever oh, we <laughs> little miracles, each, each episode. Yeah, so, <laughs> so whenever, uh, and Reagan is at the center of it. So when we lose Reagan for a month, you know, it's chaos even more. And me, mm. Laura and Shane are just running in circles. So we're glad you're, you're, you're back. Reagan, we need you. Thank Congrats, you. but get yeah, back I had this, I had big ideas about like paternity leave, even though I've been through, I've been through this process twice before. Right. And, um, and every time, every single time I'm like, you know, paternity leave is going to be great. It's going to be just me and a baby. We're going to be sitting on a couch. I've got a switch or, or a steam deck. I can, you know, prop my feet up. I can feed the baby every now and then or do whatever the baby needs. And in between, 
it's not like baby's bothering me. Baby can chill while I play some games, right? And I always think that. And it never plays out that way. It never does. Um, and I think it's mostly just because the more um, the, the more disrupted your schedule and sleep cycle and general household vibe is by the addition of a new baby, just the less brain space I am able to dedicate to literally anything that takes even an iota of concentration. So I, I've tried to start uh, several games, a couple of things that y'all have done. Like I, 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 I downloaded the um, slice and dice and like took one look at it and was like, brain say no. Um, <laughs> and like some, you know, just uh, some of the IF comp stuff. I, I started trying to like, oh man, I, I can get it on this. I can play, I could play two IF comp games. I could, I could play, I could play one. I could read. I can still read. <laughs> I know how to and, read. I'm and a big no, boy. I don't know how to read right yeah, now. My brain bad. is off in it. It's in baby mode and it is, it is a hundred percent incapable of doing shit. Well, so I really am glad that you guys managed to keep the <laughs> podcast rolling in, in a, in a, in pretty good form. The two episodes that you guys put out while I was baby mode were, um, were really good. I really enjoyed listening to them. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, I, I I I totally understand what you're saying. I will say, however, when I was on paternity leave, that is also when I played Hollow Knight, like <laughs> almost to a 100%, like true ending everything. And so I wonder if it's the type of game that you were going for, because I found Hollow Knight to be a good way to like turn off my brain and just fight bugs for, you know, 45 hours and and not to be a perfect segue, but that is kind of what we're uh, talking about today, right? Is, eight years of practice does yeah. get you pretty good at segues, Nate. And there you go. Yeah. We're talking about finding the right game for the right time in absolutely. today's episode. Shane, why don't you set sure. us up? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the things that I actually like about using this as a, as a chance to experiment with the show a little bit um, is our format has always been essentially just reviews right we we, we want to do these panel discussions reviewing games and i think we have a really great grasp on that but i also have wanted for a long time for us to be a little more experimental with the kind of topics that we cover um and a topic that i really wanted to explore this time around uh is multitasking with games because that's what all of us are doing right now especially uh reagan is desperately trying to multitask mm-hmm. uh you know maybe once your brain has recovered and your sleep i should say is probably the most important has recovered a little bit um i can't com- I, I, I i not to si- derail but i can't complain too much about the sleep this is that oh, that side of things is mostly falling on my wife um it's not like my sleep is improved i am still being interrupted and having yeah. to get up occasionally but i'm not like sitting there feeding baby we're you know, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. You're, you're, my, my you're, wife is the, is the real hero there. So like, cannot complain at all, but still I am, I'm definitely, I've definitely been off. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm coming back, but I've I definitely it. been a little out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's tough when you, uh, when you have such a big shakeup in your life. Um, and it, this has been uh, a time for, for me to be kind of thinking about the, ways that games fit into our lives as those lives get more busy or less busy. And there's something that um, is kind of interesting. We um, we end up, uh, when I am busier, I have I end up with so many things that I want to do 
like I I've, I've been trying to catch up on the new Lord of the Rings show and things like that. And the more my life gets filled up with various uh you know wonderful things, the more I find myself multitasking. And so I I I start by asking, so the topic for this episode is um multitasking and video games. And I wanted to start by asking you guys how much of your just general media diet is spent multitasking. This is so common today to like be on Twitter while you watch TV or to be, uh, you know, we're specifically going to be talking about games as we get into this, but you know, how much of your media is multitasked these days? Shane, I'm so glad that you brought this topic to the table because I don't feel like as a podcaster, I've had enough time to talk about a game called Slay the Spire. And <laughs> this, <laughs> this is giving me yet another platform. Uh, no, I, I. but you're right. So obviously, like, multitasking between purposeful multitasking and just our addled brains addiction to the little shiny device that we carry around with us everywhere we go, like, has resulted in me being a media multitasking person pretty frequently. Um, but I, I do with some intentionality uh, participate in media multitasking pretty frequently because I have found over the last several years that probably my, my, my preferred form of like evening relaxation after kids are in bed or whatever it might be long day at work is that I really like to listen to a podcast and play a game that is suitable to listening to podcasts with. And so I opened it with a joke about Slay the Spire because I know I talk about that game all the time. But like, there's a reason why I have put so many hours into that game. It's not like I'm sitting every day and very directly and very intentionally super focused on playing Slay the Spire for at this point hundreds of hours um but it is really re- somehow it's really relaxing to me to fire up a run of slay the spire put on whatever podcast is next in my rotation i listen to too many podcasts and just sort of relax i i'm not a person who relaxes in the way of like oh i just want to sit on a beach or like just sit on the couch. I don't really watch a lot of TV or really watch a lot of movies or anything like that. It's like podcasts and playing some sort of game is my Mm. way of like, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder how many of our listeners are playing a game while they're listening to this podcast right now. If you are, uh, let us know what game it is you're playing. Maybe tweet at us or uh, hit us up in our discord. I have a kind of a different um, approach. Like I, uh, I do multitask while look while watching media pretty heavily. If I'm watching a TV show or a movie, um, I find it very irresistible to look at my phone, um, and I consider that a bit of a, a vice or even like a bad like a bad habit. Um, but I I do it a lot, so I am definitely a multitasker when it comes to media. Um, I'll listen to a podcast or an audiobook while, you know, doing literally anything that occupies my body and not mind. Um, I'm a big multitasker when it, you know, I listen to podcasts while driving and washing dishes, but also yeah. like 
you know, cleaning the house or, you know, literally anything like I, I live, my brain simply, simply rejects boredom in all of its I forms. I cannot hear the sound of my own thinking. I need no. it. A, yes. The next episode of whatever improv comedy podcast that I'm addicted to. <laughs> so I do, I do that like to excess. Um, and when it comes to video games though, I do, uh, I, I do do the the thing that Nate was describing, you know, playing a game while listening to a podcast. Um, but I try not to um, because I have uh, I have a lot of difficulty sticking with a game if I allow myself to look at my phone. Um, I have I have kind of the phone brain problem that you know is is the the modern condition like if i i i mean I, I i'm dancing around it i i i basically spend a lot of effort trying to sort of fight social media and and smartphone addiction type of issues um not not that i'm like losing my job because i'm scrolling through linkedin posts or whatever but like i i, I do have um the kind of brain that gets uh, that will lose hours to scrolling through completely useless crap on reddit or whatever yeah um and so I I know that about myself and I have to really manage it. I have to do things like set screen time limits on my phone for social media apps and try my best to stick to them. Or if I'm having a particularly bad day or week of it, sometimes just delete those apps from my phone completely so that I won't cheat. Um, and I have to... Um, uh, and when, and if, I'm, if I am wanting to focus on a game, I find it irresistible to pick up my phone and look at something else. Um, and so I have to really be careful not to, um, oh, yeah. because otherwise I will lose the enjoyment of the game. I will spend, you know, I will, maybe I have an hour or two hours to sit down and play a game. And I want to spend that time doing something that I know I'm going to enjoy. And instead my bad brain decides that instead I ought to look at 500 posts, uh, on you know twitter that i will get absolutely nothing out of and remember zero about the next day well research shows that heavily multitasking while you're watching media or, or whatever that media might be watching listening uh worsens your retention and your short-term memory uh not just about the thing that you're multitasking but just in general um it shows that uh, you have lower performance on attention intensive tasks um Such and as video games yes and and so you know this is something where i you know on the one hand uh, i in general my i want to say to you know myself and to our listeners like hey this is something i'm trying not to do but i you know even that said sometimes just like nate you were saying at the beginning like want to play an less attention intensive game to keep my hands busy while I'm listening to a podcast, something like that. And we are on this show about fitting games into your life in different places. So mm -hmm. the thing that, yeah, no, no, no judgment for me, by the Absolutely. way, like, I have, yeah. I have certain limits I have own. to set for myself. Um, but I, I, I actually think like there are a lot of people that get enjoyment out of the kind of multitasking that I am specifically trying to avoid in my own life that's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. It's yeah. not the activity. It's, you, it's how it relates to me. Listener, if you are thinking that we're telling you to shut this podcast off so you can pay attention to Peggle, <laughs> no, <it's laughs> contraire. turn off Peggle and listen to us. Absolutely. That's right. Actually. Yeah. Well, 
<laughs> Listen, if you are not listening to this podcast in a darkened room <laughs> with nothing going on, then you're doing it wrong. Pull the car over. <laughs> you can have a single candle lit and a nice cup of tea and just let it let it flow through you. But finish the tea before you start the podcast, all That's right? I don't want to hear you too, sipping. Yeah, it's too much mm-hmm. stimulation. Um, no, I, I mean, I think it is about finding that individual balance because it, it's what are you trying to get from the moment? Because, like, for me, with, like, my Slay the Spire, like, I really am just wanting to listen to the podcast. Slay the Spire at this point has gotten to a point where, like, the decision-making is generally, <laughs> like... I've got the, the, the flow chart down, you know, and I can, I don't even see the numbers anymore. (laughs) 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 I could just play and there's other games too. Um, you know, uh, but, but there is like, uh, as soon as there's a threshold for me where as soon as it gets slightly more intensive with decision-making, like I tried to do it with into the breach and I could not, there's too much, there's too many decision points going on in that game at any one point for me to be able to actively enjoy both. But certain games, it works mm-hmm. for me. Um, and, and I try, like, but I, I mine is a lot of trial and error. Well, I have I have spent a little while digging into this, and I saw some online discussion about the top the topic of multitasking. It was part of what inspired me to uh, get th- this episode going. The uh, so I have I have some ideas around what I think are probably the best kinds of games for multitasking. So if we want to be intentional about it, if you want to choose games that are going to fit into those times where you really want something that's going to help keep your hands busy or keep your mind half busy, what is going to work well for that kind of a concept or that kind of a context? So um I have a list of different kinds of games and I, I'm going to run down it and let's see if we can come up with some examples or suggestions for our mm-hmm. listeners. I also like this as a, as a, as a way to approach some games that aren't really appropriate for the show in other contexts, because a lot of the kinds of games that I like in this, uh, this zone are not the same kind of games that I can easily bring on the short game. You know, we tend to lean towards things that are, um, uh, hard to multitask with things that are heavy yes absolutely narrative heavy games games that involve a lot of reading uh games that um you know are more artistic and you really want to absorb the uh the aesthetic of the game in an interesting you know with your full (laughs) attention right and also just in general if i'm playing something for the show i owe it to uh, the the game and to to the show to actually pay attention to it so So here are the games that aren't that if if yeah if i can just jump right in Mm -hmm. and share a a very recent experience of uncovering very quickly a a game that was not that and i should have known but i'm i'm addicted to sitting down with my device and listening to a podcast and playing a video game. So I thought, hey, I'll do this with this game. I love doing that. Uh, I have been, as I've said about, talked about it several times on the podcast recently, I've been playing through Disco Elysium. Uh, maybe the crunchiest, most narrative, most like reading first game I've ever really put this degree amount of time in. And for some reason, I thought it'd be a good idea to sit down and try to listen to a podcast and re-enter the world of Elysium, which is basically a a, a one million word long poem. <laughs> you fool! <laughs> yeah, I think I made it like thirty seconds into the game, where I had I don't know some like 
infotainment show going in my ear and I'm trying to read a, of, uh, uh, you know, Kim scolding me for taking, uh, taking drugs. And I was like, I, I, I need to stop. I cannot do this. I'm not enjoying either of these. So it is finding that what's that right spot for you. So Shane, you, you said you've got a, a list here. I do. Yeah. So the, the first kind of game, and this is a kind of game that I really like, I have sunk, hundreds likely thousands of hours into this kind of game and that is survival games Hmm. um for me the original survival game was minecraft i don't think i i really played anything other than survival mode in minecraft uh before that that kind of had that same play style um do either either of you have survival games that you have loved in the past I, I've always really appreciated the, the the idea of survival games, and I've dipped my toes into a number of them, but I've never really gotten to the point of like truly like understanding and feeling a degree of like competence mm-hmm. or mastery in in most of these survival games. I, I actually I loathe the genre almost to a, a single. Like, <laughs> we're off to a great start, then. Yeah, I I I can't think of a single survival game with the with the single solitary exception of Minecraft back when it was relatively new, and even then, I was mostly just into it for its aesthetic and social aspects. The entire survival genre is uh, absolute death for me. I cannot I cannot play it. I hate it. So please continue. Well, I I will then be the one Proceed, to suggest. That. So of course, Minecraft is a great one, and I think the longevity of that game really speaks to the quality of it. It's an it's an excellent game, an excellent experience. A whole generation has grown up uh, on that game, and uh, it's it basically invented uh, you know huge swaths of the of the concept. But for me, the one that really scratches the itch is No Man's Sky. I've spent many hundreds of hours in No Man's Sky um, and accomplished nearly nothing in that time. (laughs) Um, No Man's Sky, to me, is uh, one of those perfect games for listening to while I'm, you know, for playing while I'm listening to a podcast or something, because uh, it really, truly is all about the vibes. Um, You can um, you can engage with these hundreds of of different systems in that game. Um, you know, there is a story, but that story is presented in a very meandering way. If you haven't played no man's sky, uh, it's a game that came out all the way back in, I believe 2016. No, 2014, I think. God, really Um, that long ago. Yeah. It's all, it's been around a while. Let me, let me double check. Uh, yeah, well, I, I have, you and I have played no man's sky together. I was a, uh, one of the fateful day one purchasers of No Man's Sky, yes. and I have I have also enjoyed that game uh, in different All the way back in 2016. Yeah, 2016. I got it on PlayStation Four uh, yeah. when it came out. I was one of the launch day purchasers. Yeah, it. and yeah, the those of us who loved the. Uh, what was it the Conan interview and all the hype around No yes. Man's Sky? I mean, I have a generally positive perception of that game, but at there's a there if there's not yet there mm-hmm. will be books written about that oh, game it's launch a, and it's a know. case study in uh like the games industry and it's a completely unique one um yeah. 
like it when it launched in 2016 um there was a great deal of hype driven by kind of sony putting a lot of marketing money behind it and the game um really failed to control uh, like the hype that was surrounding it and so there was a huge backlash based on people's expectations having gone way out of control about what the game would actually be um the uh what the game has been is a, a really excellent example of a game that has spent years, many, many years evolving in response to community feedback. And so uh, for people like me who have played hundreds and probably definitely I've played at least 300 hours of No Man's Sky. Um, I, I know I've played about 200 hours on PC and I I know I played hundreds and hundreds of hours on it. So probably probably four or 500 hours, you know, at, at, at a reasonable estimate. And the the game has um, all of these fabulous interlocking systems, but what is really great about it is just the sense of exploration. You can, you really are exploring this gigantic uh, universe. And every time they would release a new update, I think they're on 4.0, just released. Uh, it adds new systems to interact with, uh, new things to see in the world. Uh, it's not a game that I'm constantly playing, despite the number of hours I'm saying. It's a game I'm dipping in and out of. Whenever I have that gap in my my playtime, I'm coming back to it. So I, I have been kind of uh, trying to drum up support amongst the cast of the, of the, the short game to do an episode that is really m- more of a deep dive on this game you had your chance while i was gone shane <laughs> yeah it's um, funny it's funny do you still think this game is and, and i haven't played for a while mm-hmm. and i know it was like kind of labeled as a survival game but like it seemed to me that it you serve the survival aspect of it was really only the first like can you get you know off the first planet and then after that right. you're you're pretty much like never gonna die other than stupid stuff or you just like fall off a thing you know but well i mean yes and no like i think every game has different um levels of like um difficulty to engage with um the the game does have like elements that are hard and elements that are difficult that are they're not so hard um and it's going for a very specific um aesthetic and, and game feel uh, one thing I'll say about it without getting too much into it is that 4.0, which is released alongside um, the launch of the game on the Nintendo Switch, um, adds a enormous um, new level of control over the difficulty of ap- about every aspect of the game. So you can tune everything from how expensive things are to how punishing death is to how difficult combat is. Um, and I found myself really, really being reinvigorated in some of the elements of the game by that, because some things I wound up turning the difficulty up, like for example, space combat, uh, I wanted to have more difficult. And then some things I wanted to turn the, uh, kind of more punishing aspects down, like the damage that happens to some of your technology when you get, um, blasted out of the sky. So, uh, I, I'm really enjoying that game again. Uh, I'm back on it playing on the steam deck. Um, I won't sp- spend that much more time talking about it because I really want to get onto other kinds of games. Um, but one thing that survival games have that I think is really kind of a whole genre of games, more than a genre, it's an overall umbrella of games, is 
uh, that makes it good for multitasking is that this is a game that those are games that have a grind to them. Do guys, you guys play any games that have grindy elements where you're kind of uh, trying to get those destiny guns? Mostly RPGs for me. Um, and I don't play a ton of RPGs. As I've said on the show before, like I basically can manage about one RPG a year uh, in along with other gaming uh, interests and commitments. And um, uh, so like I have to choose my RPGs pretty, pretty judiciously. Um, but I do enjoy the grind in, in an RPG. So like I like, you know, looking at my party and saying like, okay, my next goal is to beat this boss or clear this hurdle or whatever it is. I think I probably need to grind, you know, several levels. Let me do some runs in a dungeon and do that. And, you know, going, going through that sort of repetitious action of like, let me, you know, go engage with the combat system and, try to build up my team or whatever. I, I find that really rewarding. Um, I think that the, the series I go back to a lot is, is the persona series. Um, they have the kind of alternation between, uh, you know, you get some, uh, some time doing the sort of uh, visual novel, uh, you know, talk to people, uh, you know, slow life sim kind of stuff. And sometimes where you are just in a dungeon grinding. And um, I like the dungeon parts. I mean, I like the talking too. I like the dating and the whatever, but I, I Go really on. like the dungeon parts um, because they're predictable. You know, I know if I'm sitting down to grind in a dungeon in something like persona, or I'm currently playing through uh, like dungeon encounters, anything like that, um, that I, I know what a run or not run exactly because that's the wrong word. But like, I know, I know what my play session is going to be. I know exactly how it's going to work. Um, I, it's predictable. And, uh, and that is really good for this sort of, uh, multitasking. You know, I know like if I, if I'm in dungeon encounters and I know I'm, I'm on, you know, X or Y floor and I have a goal in mind, my goal is to get down 10 more floors to get to the next elevator or whatever. Um, then that is a pretty defined challenge and I have a pretty good sense of whether I can do it or not. If I can't, I have a pretty good sense of what I need to do in order to improve my team and stats in order to get there. Um, and so for me, like that's a big aspect of this sort of thing is like the predictability of it. Um, predictability doesn't have to mean um, like monotonous, um, but it does have to be like mean like I, I know what I need to do. I'm not going to be like trying to like deeply think about what my next actions are. I'm mostly just like trying to enact a plan that's either, you know, a plan I already have or something kind of kind of self-evident, you know, like I don't need to I don't need to figure out that I need to go down 10 levels. I need to go down 10 levels because that's where the next elevator is. And I know it, that kind of thing. So anyway, I, um, uh, for me, JRPGs are a big aspect of this. Um, not just JRPGs, but mostly JRPGs. Western RPGs tend to be structured in a little more freeform kind of way. And, and, uh, I, I just have a, a harder time sort of making them, they, they don't, they don't grind in quite the same way. So for me, it's mostly JRPGs. Yeah. I played horizon zero dawn, uh that was the longer game i was playing before i did disco elysium and i i couldn't really ever do podcasts while playing that game because it was so sporadic and there was so much talking and like story that i wanted to be involved in that even though it was kind of grindy because you're fighting a lot of monsters or you know robo dinos over and over and over it still always felt a little too like it required my attention too much to 
really be able to listen to a podcast and enjoy. Um, I don't know that I have very many grindy games unless you consider like rep, rep, uh, like repetitive effort to complete to be sort of grindy. Um, and, and I'm thinking more like, like Celeste was a, a mm. big podcast game for me. That doesn't make sense to me, but that's great. <laughs> yeah. I, I probably did listen to podcasts while, while playing Celeste, but like, it's not the first thing I think of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do remember you being a, a destiny OG though, Nate. So that's a very grindy game. Yes. And for sure. And you were I mean, a wow guy too. Well, that was pre that predates podcasts for me. Yeah. All the MMO <laughs> stuff. Uh yeah, I mean, if you if you look at like if there was like a stat sheet of games of hours played on video games, uh for for me, it would probably be something like World of Warcraft number 1, EverQuest number 2, Destiny might be number 3, and then we get into stuff like mm-hmm. FTL or something like yeah. that, you know, more modern stuff. But um, well, not that FTL is particularly modern. I guess like my when I stopped playing MMOs as my exclusive type of video game that I played. But yeah, I mean, Destiny. I don't think I was really listening to podcasts at that time. Um, I mean, I guess we were starting up this show around the the real OG because I played Destiny at from beta. And to, you know, and then for a couple of years, and I can't even count the amount of mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I basically one hundred percented OG Destiny, which is an insane thing because I had all three characters with every weapon on all. Th- it was insane, but I didn't really listen to podcasts because also that was that's a social game. Yeah, like a lot yeah. of that for me was playing with friends, and even though I had to play a lot of stuff offline, like I guess maybe I was, but like so, you know, like. I think like some roguelikes stick out to me as like grindy games that I listen to podcasts. Let's set aside the grind. I mean, every game, every popular game has an element of grind these days. That's just how games are being made. But you, you kind kind of called out one type of game that I think is a, a great multitasking game. And that, uh, when you mentioned horizon zero dawn, that's the open world game, open world games of that sort. Um, we definitely don't cover much on this show, but they are huge. Just look at things like, you know, Zelda, Breath of the Wild and and all of that. We did cover The Pathless, which I would consider to be a great multitasking game. It was a uh, a game in that uh, open world game mold, but it was a lot shorter and a very forgiving uh, game design. Do you yeah. guys have any open other open world games that you've played? I know it's not something we do for this show, so maybe not. Well, this is where I align with Reagan a little bit more is that if I'm really I, I don't play a lot of those games because they're normally long and I don't have space for mm-hmm. that. But if I am, I want to be like in it, you know, and so like listening to podcasts and playing an open world game kind of feels counter to the whole point of like open world to me. You know, the intent is to be immersed in it. And so. Right. I don't I try hard not to multitask if I've if I've if I'm going to play Horizon Zero Dawn or whatever it might be like I want to 
I want to play it and I want to be a part of it. You're you not going to open up that YouTube video essay on the side and yeah, just check no, that out. No, no, right. no. Yeah. That's... So this is, yeah, th- th- I'm, I'm kind of, a, I agree with Nate. Like I don't play a ton of open world games. Um, the kinds of games we play for the show are so rarely open world. And um, then the, the open world games that I have mostly played are pretty narrative focused. So I, I mean, the first thing I think about is like the Witcher three, which I was severely obsessed with. Yeah. Um, but that like, I wanted to hear and understand every word spoken by every character I encountered. Yeah. Um, and so I just didn't really listen to podcasts while playing the game. I occasionally would like if I knew like, okay, I have to, you know, clear out all the drowners in a swamp or something like that. Rarely am I playing a game and I'm thinking, and I'm like looking for the moment to play a podcast. You know, I'm not like, Oh, this is an yeah. open world, but I'm entering into a dungeon grindy session. So let me throw on a podcast. It's more like this whole game is sort of a multitasky game for me, or it's not. I, I do occasionally. I'll put a podcast on and play and pause it occasionally in something like like The Witcher Three is is a is a typical example of that. Like I might you know hit play on it while I'm doing something a little more boring, and then pause it when I hear somebody talk or something like that. Um, I don't do a ton of that, but like it is a thing that I do. Uh, it's helped uh, that things like the like AirPods um, have made it pretty easy to just like leave one in and like yeah. click it and play and pause. Um, and so I don't have to like fumble with my phone uh, for that to happen. But uh, but there, there was it, there's enough friction there that usually if I am clicking in and out of a podcast, um, the what either the podcast or the game is going to lose. And sometimes it's not the one that I want to win that wins. You know what I mean? So I try not to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, I I have a few more of these different kinds of games. And as we get further down the list, we're getting into ones that I think are a little bit more appropriate for our show and our audience and are also games that I like multitasking more. Some of Mm -hmm. these are, are games that I think or styles of games that, um, really do work well. And the, biggest thing that makes a game work well for multitasking for me is if it is turn-based um games that are turn-based obviously if you take your hands off of the game the game does not continue you know you 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 are explicitly having to continue things and and move time forward so we play a lot of games that kind of fit into this mold uh of course uh games like slay the spire nate but um yup uh, the, 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 the thing that those really enable me to do is to not just do what we're talking about a lot here is media multitasking. Uh, but I can, I can pick up a turn-based game. Um, if I'm playing on my, on my switch or something, I can bring that into the kitchen and I can wash a dish, take a turn, wash a dish, take a turn. Um, <laughs> so, uh, that's something that makes games work really well for me. Do you guys have any turn-based games or strategy games or maybe we'll just expand this out to include uh, those card crawler style games as well that you like uh, for this kind of gameplay. Well, I'm I'm so glad you brought this up because, yes, I've talked about Slay the Spire and that's a game I talk about a lot. But this gives me an opportunity to talk about a game that I don't really get a chance to mention very much. It was a little game called FTL, which <laughs> oh God, here we is, go again. <laughs> which is essentially a turn based game because you get to choose uh you know everything is on a on a uh predefined uh like timer and you can pause at any moment making it 
like a turn-based game. And I, I recently kind of got a little bit back into it, completed some old achievements that I'd never uh, really gone after, unlocked some things that I'd never unlocked. And all the while I was listening to podcasts because that's a, another good one that I can sort of, like you said, it's turn-based. You can sort of divert your attention in different directions as needed. It's not technically turn-based, but I, you know, I think it, it acts like a turn-based game. Speaking of acts like a turn-based game, the first thing that I thought about here was like, Shane's not, uh, Shane's not going to have a category in his little list he's going through here for this. So maybe I might as well bring it up now. And that is uh, a big one of these for me is golf games, which are functionally turn-based in that like, yeah. you know, a golf shot is something that takes a very small amount of time, but then you're sort of like watching the effects of it for a while and nothing's going to happen if you're standing at the tee and you don't hit the button to shoot. So like it, it functionally has that like that time management aspect of a turn-based game where like you can and here I you know I know I'm talking about golf games so I'm uh, once again a parody of myself but like this Bing. is well that well, we're the, both doing that Reagan you and I are just yeah. exchanging our our tropes. I know. But like this is I'm I'm thinking about it specifically right now because while I've been on on leave the only game I've been able to get my brain to put any significant amount of time into has been uh the new PGA Tour 2K23. It came out on October 14th, my birthday. The stars aligned. The universe gave me a birthday present. It was a new PGA Tour game and it is very good. Um basically it's the same as the last one. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. the uh, they're 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 sports games, they're golf games. It's fine, but they they made some very nice, tasteful additions and 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 changes. And the one thing that made me buy it day one was that they added the the three click golf swing mechanic to it. Um, past PGA Tour or the pre- previous PGA Tour game, PGA Tour two K twenty one, and its predecessors, the Golf Club games, which didn't have the PGA Tour license <laughs> bit back then. Um, it had. Uh, used an analog stick swing mechanic that was very similar to the like tiger woods games from the playstation 2 era and stuff um and you had to like physically move your analog stick to swing um but they've added in an option that you can choose to do the click 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 you know meter based swinging it's got its own slight twist on it but it's basically the sort of golf swing mechanic that i like uh and finally it's in the the good officially licensed golf game um and so now the the stars have aligned and that's one that like i can have brain off golf time man like that is like nothing is better for multitasking you know listening to a podcast or what have you than blue skies sun um you know hit golf ball it goes in the water i don't care whatever none of this matters nothing matters it, uh sink into nihilism uh yeah and if i if i am distracted or need a moment um golf doesn't go anywhere you it, yeah it just stops when you stop so that's that's a good one just like real golf <laughs> you know i hadn't thought about that uh until now reagan but like you know I, it's been a little while since i've actually engaged in this game but for a long time i played mlb the show a lot they have somehow managed to mess that up, so I don't really like it anymore. But for I'm sorry, some, Nate, so I, I, they, it was fine. They, they added all these like dumb, I mean, frankly, like monetization things and weird stuff yeah, where like sports games. Now you're upgrading your glove, and this glove has it's like 
That, wow. It, it used to be that MLB, the show, was actively trying to emulate as best it could what like it was like to play the game. And they had a, a, a mode called Road to the Show, which you would play an individual player. Like It was basically an RPG. And you'd be like a pitcher or a first baseman or whatever. And all you would do is the events that were related to that player. And so like you'd play a game and you would do your four at bats and maybe like three or four fielding events. You get some points, level up your guy, go to the next thing. And that was a really good zone out game. Cause yeah. you just like do small baseball that sounds like grinding. It, it kind of was, but it was, it was, it was kind of like, um, just like what Reagan's talking about all these sports games, or at least, baseball and golf there's some similarity there where a lot of it is just yeah, like stick it's like a stick thing or like a meter thing you know <laughs> yeah they both have stick stick and ball stick and ball games <laughs> sticks balls sticks and balls games uh but it's like a lot of it is just like meter manipulation you know especially pitching which is what i really liked and so you can get into these sort of like zones where you're just locked in on the timing of whatever the weird power meter thing is and I would listen to podcasts and play those. But now the games are like, oh, you've got the you have to get the gold spalding glove that costs 400 tournament coupons that you acquire through four dollars or yeah, it, it's it's all stupid. So I kind of stopped playing it. But like, yeah, can't win that, the game without the fifteen dollar virtual glove. Yeah, well, it's weird because if it was a RPG of like you know, slaying dragons or whatever. I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta get those gauntlets of strength. But it's a <laughs> it's a baseball game. So I'm like, there's no gauntlets of strength in a baseball game. And, and it's like <laughs> it's like cross the line for me, you know. So I hear you, man. Uh, yeah, there's some of that in the PGA games too, but I mostly ignore it. I only play single player in that. Uh, I don't really yeah. engage in its online functionality. And so I mostly spared the worst of its well, it's Sports a big depravities. Part, yeah, it's a big part of road to the show now, which is frustrating. And that sucks. Um, yeah. For but, someone who is both like, like extremely gamer and extremely online, Reagan is surprisingly not online gamer. Yeah, no. Well, not, but Reagan's the type where gamer. he is extremely online, but hates every moment of it. So, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, like true. most people who participate in online games actively kind of enjoy the the feeling of being online. Um, Reagan is never happy when he's. Yeah, I try not to be online. I just, I really hate the feeling of um, being owned, wrecked, yeah. cobbed. It wouldn't have lasted <laughs> ten minutes in a Halo lobby. I, I uh, exactly. I play. I've been. I've started playing uh, just a little bit. I dipped my toes back into Fortnite recently. Um, I played that game basically the first like three weeks it came out, and I haven't played it since. And I thought eh, it might be fun to get in on that a little bit, see what it's like. And it's like, oh, my God, what have I what even is this now? I don't want to sound too old man about it, but it's it's pretty wild how how much that game is is what it's become. Um, mm -hmm. But that's not what this show's about. But mm -hmm. I've been getting wrecked because I'm horrible at it. I'm pretty sure that I'm playing against bots or children and I'm still really bad at it. So, uh it's kind well, of fun, though. I, I, I hate to drag people back to the, the topic I was ostensibly uh, raising, which was like turn-based games. But <laughs> I have to because there's a game that I've been playing Reagan put me onto uh, that has been my multitasking game for a while. Uh, and that is a game called Peglin. 
Um, oh, you're still playing that. I, I need to go I back am. to that. I, yeah. I really, really enjoyed it, but I got it like day one when it came out in early access and I haven't, I played it for like, um, I, you know, a, a few days and I haven't gone back to it since. And I know there've been some updates. So there's, how's it looking these days? Uh, you know, it's, I haven't played it in about a month or so, so I'm not like totally up to date, but Peglin is great. Like it's a, it's a combination of several of the things that we're talking about here. It's a, uh, like kind of turn-based in that you're, you know, just drop the ball and then watch. It's uh, kind of a roguelike, you know, similar to the card crawler kind of things we're talking about. Um, it's uh, somewhat of a strategy game. There are some strategic choices that you made. Not really. Not 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 in the sense that strategy games are really meant. But basically, Peglin is, it's in, it's in a, I think it's in a good spot. If people haven't tried it, you should. Um, on this show, we are... Um, we're on the record as being big fans of Peggle and Peglin is Peggle, Peggle plus you're a goblin. And, mm-hmm. uh, when you bounce on those pegs, uh, it is, uh, also the goblin is fighting little guys. It's magnificent. <laughs> Love little guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I really liked the, I like, um, Peggle is such as like a, a brilliant game design. Um, and I, I was always kind of surprised that we didn't see more Peggle likes, you know, either just sort of aping Peggle more or less exactly or like tacking that game design onto other things. And then suddenly we saw several of them all at once. There was there was one called Round Guard that was on Apple yeah. Arcade, I think, that was basically yeah. a, like a, a Peggle RPG. Peglin, which is definitely superior to Round Guard, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, and I think there was one other. I'm not remembering it now, but like... It's great. Peglin, Peglin is like a really great, um, like applying the the Peggle um, thing to a larger scale, you know, giving it some more progression and different ball types and just sort of extending the concept a bit. It's really it's really great. What are you playing this on? Uh, I'm playing it on Steam Deck. It's on Steam. I don't think it's out on anything else yet because it's um I uh it, it came out in early access and I don't think it's exited early access yet. I believe it'll mm-hmm. probably hit other like consoles and stuff once it does. Um, but I I definitely recommend it. And we've been thinking about doing an episode exclusively on Peglin, um, but just haven't done so yet. I think we should too. Actually, I think it's a great game. Um, when I first checked it out, it was uh pretty pretty slight. Like it felt like it was definitely in need of some content updates um i think it's had some of those now so i don't know how close they are to their like planned completion but it's it's um it seems like it might be a good time to jump onto peglin or i don't know check it out mm-hmm. yeah let's uh let's do some research on that and see if maybe it's the right time for us to do a episode yeah uh, i'd love to go back to it mm-hmm. uh, i would love to uh play it while watching some tv perfect um yeah and speaking of playing it on the steam deck uh so I, that's most of the different kinds of games. Uh, I have one more kind of game that I think is kind of cheating uh, for this list. And that is uh, I've multitasked a lot while playing um, uh, uh, Elden Ring. <laughs> and and just in general, like... It doesn't game, count. <laughs> no, it doesn't because that's an intense like skill-based game. But games that are like pretty story light and like really skill-heavy... Once you get over the hurdle on like the skill getting up to up to the level where you need to be, you'll get to a point where like you really can multitask. So I'm going to I'm going to cheat and count that. So, so you you all gave you all seemed aghast when I said Celeste. 
but that's the same thought I have because Celeste, when it's more about execution than it is necessarily like to me, that's all about getting my hands to do what I need them to do, you know? And fair enough. I'm a a complete hypocrite, (laughs) especially like once you get good, then you can like the seasides stuff on Celeste and, uh, and the like expansion that came out where it's like so hard, I like needed a podcast to be listening to so I didn't just go insane trying these things because it is doing it over and over and over and over. And I need some something else to keep me like focused or I think I'd throw my switch through the wall. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the one other thing that you have you kind of missed, Shane, is uh, we haven't talked about puzzle games, which like what is there better than like playing some Tetris while you do with a podcast or whatever. Um, yeah. I was gonna we, say, it we, we talked about maybe calling puzzle. this episode podcast games. We ended up landing on multitasking games because of course there's other ways to multitask. Um, but like, man, puzzle games are the thing uh, for this specifically, like those sorts of score attack games or score attack games in general. I was also going to call out uh, again to, to become a parody of myself um, combo postage uh, by Kirk Lindsay, friend of the show. Uh, a game that I go back to like at least once a month and just continue to absolutely love and try to beat my high scores on sort of an action uh, puzzler. Reagan, um, or... Reagan, don't hold, don't stifle yourself. Talk about city connection too. <laughs> there is no city connection to Shane, sadly. As city, well. connection, <laughs> city connection also. Yes. <laughs> sure. Yeah, um, I'll do it. Um, no, I, I don't, I don't multitask when playing city connection. I got to hear the music. I got to, got to zone in on that, not zone out. Um, no, I do. Uh, but yeah, like I, I want to, I wanted to shout out, um, combo postage. It's on steam. It's like three bucks. You should definitely buy it and play it. It's wonderful. Um, also in a similar vein, um, uh, for me, uh, one of the top ones here is the, um, oh, uh, the, the Mr. Driller games, uh, Great games, all of them. The one that was recently re-released, we did a whole episode on, um, ha- is a great place to start. It has a zillion modes, and it's, yeah. there's just so much to that game. But like the basic, just like drilling action in that is great for if you're wanting to like put on a podcast and play a game. Um, you're, the only downside there is that then you probably aren't hearing or are hearing less of the incredible soundtrack to that one. <laughs> yeah, that's where the one. That's where the one headphone in, one headphone out really yeah. comes. So you, yeah, you know, this is a, this is a total sidetrack, but like I I've been looking for ages. This exists in in some cases, but like I um I I really want more headphones to support multiple inputs because. Like AirPods, I use AirPods because they're so good at being the thing that they are, but like they don't let you like, and you can pair AirPods to your phone and you can pair them to your Switch or to your Steam Deck or your PlayStation or whatever, but you can't do them both at the same time. There are some very gamery headphones that do support that feature, and I really wish more things would. Um you know, things will say like, yes, they support multiple devices. But what they mean is you can pair five devices and it will listen to whatever is the last one you selected. There are very few headphones where you can have a single pair of headphones and listen to audio from two separate sources simultaneously. And most of the ones that do are very gamery. Um, I need more of that. If anybody has a like a trick. Listeners, like if you know a use... tiny wireless uh, earbud that is also mm-hmm. a mixing console, let Reagan know. Uh, 
like they do exist. I forget what there's there's one from I think Razer has one. Say about Reagan, a that... Gamer headphones always look so cool. So why don't you want to wear those? <laughs> I want the ones with the cat ears on top, Nate. <laughs> um but like I, I I if anybody knows like a hack to like listen to your a Steam Deck and a podcast at the same time. I, the only way I've found that I've managed to make this work for myself is that I will occasionally pull up. I use Overcast as my uh, my podcast player, um, and they have a web app that sucks but does kind of work. And I will occasionally pull up Overcast in a Chrome tab on my Steam Deck, background it, wow. and then switch over to a game and that does work but it's a huge pain in the ass i would really prefer to just listen to both devices at the same time that's uh yeah i guess i didn't realize that i wanted that as well but now i do so you know let me know um i just get uh i bought two sets of airpods and i Mm. paired one ah brilliant yeah brilliant i have two sets of airpods shane you've just solved my problem i have (laughs) i have a i have my new airpods pro and then i uh my old ones were broken but once i got the new ones i was like hey i wonder if i could get apple to replace my old ones under their like quality repair program and so i i did and they did for free and so now i've got i've got the new airpods pros and the old airpods pros both wow well, and then go. what if how I much could a banana cost? Ten dollars. Ten dollars. Yeah. Uh, um, so now maybe I should. That's that's a good idea. There's I? a uh, there's another genre that you haven't brought up that uh, I've dabbled in with this, although we kind of did with Destiny. Um, but the uh, the first person shooter, just straight up uh, like PvP games. Mm. So mm-hmm. um, I have played a ton of overwatch in my time and that game is very audio cue heavy so you can't if you really want to be good at it you you truly can't not listen to the audio because it's a huge part of the game but it is pretty good for that sort of half and half style listening to a podcast but still having the audio loud enough for only one ear open uh, where you can hear the audio cues um, because that's another one of those games that is just repetition over and over and over. And, you know, yep. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine playing Overwatch uh, that way. Um, but right now I can't imagine playing Overwatch 2 at all. So unfortunately, it's, I don't know. yeah, I've, I've dabbled a little bit. I mean, it's, it's bait. It is Overwatch one with some horrible monetization uh, elements layered on top of it. But the core game, you know, if you like Overwatch, it's going to be, it's fine. It's this, it, I am playing Overwatch two on my PS five and I see no visual or anything different about it from Overwatch one other than some map and character changes. But that happened in Overwatch anyway. Um, the monetization and unlocking stuff is frustrating, but I'm such a casual player at this point that, you know, I don't really care. Yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way about, about shooters. Uh, I do, uh, I didn't really consider that as, as a thing for my list, but I have played a fair amount of the, the current halo, uh, which yeah. is kind of, you know, I have some, some mixed feelings about it as a game, but, uh, uh, in terms of just like mindless shooter experience, it's actually yeah. pretty pretty damn good. So that's what Overwatch is for me. I and don't get me wrong, I totally understand and respect the frustrations that a lot of people have with Overwatch too. Uh, so not to say that they're wrong, but just my like interaction with Overwatch at this point, yeah, 
it doesn't it's not a significant change for me because the core game is the same there it it is all it is almost like there is not an overwatch 2 and they totally screwed up everything and and they had to commit to the title of overwatch 2 instead of just continuing to slowly patch the game into what it is now but you know, oh boy it's yeah, a, there's a whole can of worms that <laughs> yeah that's a whole here, isn't there? that's a whole other thing well i i had a whole uh topic for us to consider on uh like physical like what is the hardware like how are you actually multitasking in your games but uh what do you think do we have uh time in the episode left to talk about like actually how you sit down I feel and like play? we've kind of covered that to some degree yeah i feel like we kind of have about, we talked yeah. we already talked about steam deck uh and switch yeah. and headphones and yeah. all that so i don't Absolutely. i don't know that we add much by i was gonna i was gonna drop one quick thing in which is like and this is maybe specific to the iphone users in the audience i'm sure there's similar functionality on android um if you are the sort of person who I, I, I talked earlier about how I have a lot of challenges m- with multitasking and I specifically um, have to leverage a lot of uh, of stuff to keep myself from multitasking. And if you have similar struggles like, hey, I really want to play that game and then I have time to play that game and then I didn't because I did other stupid shit. Um, I I have made a lot of use of some of the built in uh system features on iOS to help me manage that. Um, the key ones that you, you should think about doing are one, um, uh, they have a, a, you know, the screen time feature in iOS will let you set caps on the amount of time you spend in any app. And, um, in order to overcome that, it's mostly meant for like parental controls, but you can just use it on yourself and you set a a, a passcode and you have to enter that passcode to go over. So like I set like, for example, like an, an hour a day or two hours a day of Twitter or something. And uh, it's a pretty well done feature, and I find it helps. Um, not not specific to games; it's more sort of general. But then you can also set up focus modes, and these have been hugely improved in iOS 16. And so I have like a, a gaming focus mode where if I turn it on, um, it changes my lock screen to a screen that like visually reminds me, like, hey, don't pick up your phone right now; you're gaming. Um, it will it will change my you know my notifications. I need details. Settings. What is that lock screen? Oh, they so they have the um they have these. I haven't done anything particularly good with it. They, when they added the new lock screen features, they added a bunch of different ways to set up a lock oh, screen. Okay. And one of them is you just type in a bunch of emoji, and it will create a visual design based on those emoji, where it just sort of tiles them on the screen. So it's like mine is like game controllers, and then the no prohibitory sign just <laughs> okay. tiled all over. So the it's screen. not like yeah. you know Sonic giving you attitude or something. Like no, that. actually, yeah. I should look for a good Sonic, Sonic the just giving me attitude his toe. In the background. Yeah, That'd be yeah. good. Um, I never, I didn't get deep enough into it to to set up something cute like that. But also, just it just turns off my notifications and does a few other basic things to like try to like re- mostly just remind me like, hey, if you pick up your phone and you're you know you you, it's sort of like a, a self slap on the wrist where it's like, hey, no, don't don't do that right now. You wanted to be doing this other thing that you're going to enjoy more. And if you let yourself do do the bad phone, it will do the bad brain on you. Um, <laughs> And so please try not to use too technical language with us, Reagan, while you're Yeah. Well, I mean I I know I have the bad brain and the the phone, the bad screen does the bad brain to me. So so like there's a lot of little things you can do like that. And the other big one is I go and plug in my phone to charge where it's out of reach. <laughs> and that helps a lot. It's amazing. Um, I'll do that at work sometimes. I'll just leave it in the other room. Cause yeah. 
I know. And then I'm like, you know, I I think about like, I should reach for my phone. I I, like, I do reach for my phone. Like my hand just goes to my pocket where my phone would be and it's not there. And I'm like, ah, it's off charging and having a nice time. And I'm in here having a nice time and we're both happy. And then I go back to my game. So like, this is a problem that I have, I have had to really like intentionally address in my life. And if that's a problem that you have, think about stuff like that. Um, and don't be ashamed of that problem. It's a thing that I think a lot, and also don't, don't feel like it's silly. Like I, 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 you know, I I think a a lot of people have these kinds of thoughts about like, you know, their phone use when it relates to things like spending time with their family or focusing on work. And you don't, not everybody really thinks about that kind of phone use when it comes to things like enjoying the entertainment that you want to enjoy. Um, so maybe do is the thing. Yeah. I think that's a, a great, uh, a great thought for us to uh, kind of wrap things up yeah. on. Um, but uh, I do want to say, uh, I think with this, maybe we have enough time to do a little bit of a, what's making us happy this week. Oh uh, yeah. Let's make it quick, but let's do it. All right. Shane, what's uh, making you happy this week? This week? Oh, I didn't think I'd be first. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, what's making you happy this week? Well, Reagan, a lot of things. First of all, I'm happy at, that you're back and you've got a, a wonderful new child in your life. And then I'm also happy that it's fall and a local brewery that is not one of my favorite breweries, but they serve a purpose. They're one of the biggest ones. Um, their pumpkin beer is out. And I don't generally in my mind, Nate, I, you're reading my mind. I, pumpkin I, beer. I don't typically pr- go for like, you know, essentially like a flavored beer, you know, um, but this, the, the company's Schlafly. It's one of the biggest breweries in St. Louis and uh, their pumpkin beer is fantastic and it's out and I've been enjoying it. And it's making me happy. I'll tell I you miss what, Schlafly. That was a good brewery. St. Louis was such a good beer town. Really? Uh, yeah. I, a few times I visited you guys there, I, I definitely enjoyed the beer. It's, it's one of the best parts about St. Louis. It's an interesting city because so the, the Anheuser-Busch Brewery is here, right? So first of all... Uh, there's, there's people there that are just like uh, A, B all the way. That's all I drink. Is <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, no, I ran into that when I first when I first moved there. I was at some like little like bowling meet and greet with my wife's work, and um, there was like a a bucket or like a, a cooler full of uh, of of beers, and they had like Schlafly's and stuff in there. And I was trying to like be friendly with people, and I was handing somebody a beer, and she like went to reach for it, and like said, and like reach like like almost like jumped back and said, uh, I only drink AB. Yeah, and I didn't That's know not, what she meant. I was like, "A B, what is A B?" Oh, yeah, that it's is like not a religious the, level. Here I don't know. There. That it's is weird. not the com. I, I have almost never experienced what you're talking about here. Most of the time, people in my experience here are like, "Oh God, that like no." Because well, you, were, you, this was not a young person. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it might so, be generational. <laughs> but because of the A B Brewery, um, Missouri, but St. Louis in particular, as you can expect, because of the way our political system works we have very very loose rules and regulations around breweries and that has allowed st louis to be pretty like ahead of the game on like the microbrewery scene and and whatnot so there's a lot of really good breweries and schlafly has been around since i think the late 80s or early 90s and at this point you know it's more like a i think they're more known as like there's a bunch of brewery or like 
tap rooms and and family restaurants you know that you go to that are all tied to their breweries and i think the beer is fine it's not bad there's just far more interesting breweries going on at this point um but the pumpkin ale it's great it's the best that i've ever had and i've pursued other because i like it so much i'm like surely these other craft breweries that are putting out pumpkin beers like have to be doing something more interesting than schlafly because that's generally my experience and no like it's great so if you're ever in this part of the world and you like pumpkin beer they only do it in this time of year too so uh check it out it's really really good and it's like eight (laughs) percent so you gotta look out it's a it's a heavy pumpkin beer the, so I was going to make my what's making me happy this week. Uh, the recent release of the, of the PGA tour uh, 2k 23. Um, but I already got a great opportunity to wax about that earlier in the episode. So I won't, uh, I won't bother you with that. So instead I will say what's making me happy this week as a distant second to PGA tour 2k 23 is the birth of my uh, third child. Uh, see, Reagan, that was my what's making me happy. So you can't do that one. I, I <laughs> claimed the birth of your child as one of mine. So, all right, all right, you're right. I, I'll have to think of something else <laughs> or have a new child. Um, so I, I, I haven't engaged with much media other than yeah. that. Okay, here, I'll, I'll make a real one, but it's also it's not particularly timely. The one movie that I've watched this week, every year, like lots of people have their you know their horror movies that they watch around Halloween. Um, there's one that, uh, my wife and I watch every year and we just rewatched it and I will recommend it to absolutely everyone. And it is the WNUF Halloween special. Have you guys seen WNUF? No. Oh, you're missing out. You'd love it. So, um, the, the quick setup is that it is an absolutely pitch perfect fake imitation of a VHS recording of a local news Halloween special uh from the 90s complete with all of the ads um okay nice and uh it's a like the local news has sent an on uh you know an on-site correspondent to a house where a a uh a, 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 an infamous series of murders happened and they are gonna have uh like a uh like a, cl- a pair of clairvoyants or whatever do uh do an on-air uh seance and they've you know they're it's all doing the the goof em up side of that from the 90s and most of the the joy of this halloween special is just the absolutely pitch perfect uh like 90s local tv personality vibe and the fake ads which are really really excellent and very funny um but like it's so well done it's so accurate and and pitch perfect um and it's you know it's, it's only only barely a horror movie um but you know weird shit does happen in the haunted house on air and they have to you know cut away that kind of thing um you should watch it. Yeah, You'd love it. It's great. it sounds cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm having flashbacks to Karen K on the Fox Kids Club and uh, <laughs> Fox Twenty Six. It's that level. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. exactly like that kind of thing. Yeah, I, she was my first crush. Uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm also kind of for my what's making me happy this week. Uh, flashing back uh, to the 1990s. Uh, I want you guys to. Try and remember the best commercial of all time. Uh, uh, maybe uh, imagine a world where time drifts slowly 
a world. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking moods. about. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So in sail away, sail away, sail hey, away. I, hey, hey, I, hey, <laughs> yeah. hey. Dog. So back in 1994, uh, Nate, Nate, I, don't, I don't know if Nate knows what we're talking about. I, I'm sure that I will, but <laughs> I just have to. Like this is just one of those moments that happens to me on this podcast where the two of you you know share your childhood with each other again Absolutely. and i have to wait to be caught back up well back in <laughs> Sorry, uh, in in 19 i think it's actually 1997 would be when i was first exposed to it because that was when it was re-released and then heavily promoted through uh direct response television commercials uh there's this was back in the day when um if you wanted to sell an a new album of new age music uh the way you would do it uh would be you would make a a a commercial that prominently featured uh ocean waves and unicorns and um okay so pure moods uh was a really fantastic uh album and a really excellent commercial way back in the 1990s and uh you know it prominently featured songs like Return to Innocence by Enigma. Um, Enya was definitely on there, I believe. Yes, Enya absolutely was on there with their wonderful song, Orinoco Flow. Uh, There were, um, there were, it was uh, several like soundtrack. I'm just looking this up. Twin Peaks Firewalk with Yes, absolutely. (laughs) That that one's there for Nate. I know, Nate, you guys are. uh, our, our fans of, uh, of yeah. the Peaks. So, you know, if you, uh, this, this album is an absolute vibe. This is, I mean, it vibes are exactly why it was created. It is, uh, very much focused on, uh, kind of a mix of like new age, um, uh, chill music, ambient music, world music, and, uh, with mixed in with a little bit of like down tempo trip hop and smooth jazz. And, uh, this, this was, I mean, even just the ad coming on was enough to give me a, a, a significant level of chill, uh, back in the day. So I, 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 I have, what I, what happened to me recently is I, I was hanging around with some friends. Uh, this was, I was having a little backyard birthday get together and you did uh, my <laughs> my some someone said something i think pure mood somehow came up in conversation uh and i was playing dj so i i thought to myself i bet that's on apple music yes, it is. <laughs> so i started with track one and we listened to pure moods all the way through baby um, in fact at one point someone uh not everyone was really part of the conversation when pure moods came up. So people were starting to hear every time one of the songs would come on, people in the party would be like, Oh my God, I, I, I love this song. I know this one. Um, and <laughs> by the time we got about like four or five tracks deep, um, <laughs> people were like, what the fuck are you doing? Shane? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> they were like, what are you doing? And I said, yeah, okay, you guys, you, you caught me. It was pure moods. And everyone was like, Hey, I remember pure moods. And I was like, yeah, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll change it. Uh, and that's when it got to the Dado Paranormal Activity remix of the X-Files theme. Uh, <laughs> that song the X, doesn't go do, 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 do until you're probably 
two thirds of the way through the song. So uh, when we finally got there, I was like, gotcha guys. We're still in pure moods. And up next tubular bells. <laughs> tubular bells. Yes. What, what was it? What was the, the phrasing on that ad? I remember there was a phrase. It was like, like drift away on the, on, on the, on the cloud of tubular bells. I wish I had the text of the ad in front of me. It was wonderful experience pure moods well i definitely know what you guys are talking about i have not thought about that since roughly 1997 so thank you for bringing that back you're very welcome nate and to all of our listeners you too can experience pure moods (laughs) experience the timeless pleasures of tubular bells that's it the timeless pleasures of tubular bells yes No, oh, the, the timeless gives pleasures. You the feeling of turning into a melted puddle of goo. <laughs> Send a check or money order for the amount shown on screen. Seventeen ninety nine. That's what I'm guessing it was. Was it seventeen ninety nine? I'm guessing it was seventeen ninety nine. Oh man, that would be kind of expensive for an album of. Uh, no, it wouldn't. Seventeen ninety nine was what CDs cost. Man, yeah. they were expensive as hell back then. Oh man, I, I'm spoiled now. Uh, but yeah, you guys, uh, the, I guess that's what I'm telling, uh, our listeners, which is go on like your favorite music streaming service and, and find, uh, if it's not, if it's not, uh, if it's, if it's not the, um, the pure moods specifically find those old, uh, compilations that you used to see the ad for Mm, and, uh, you know, live it up. Find the Gregorian chant one. Yeah. I know that one got advertised a lot, too. Anyway, thank you, listeners, for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. You can find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net, where you'll find our contact form and links to all of our stuff, searchable show notes page, etc., etc. Uh, you can also support our show by finding us on Patreon, patreon.com slash theshortgame. We've had some new supporters recently. We really appreciate you all. Thank you so much for supporting the show. If you do support the show, and you can do that at any level, you can throw us as much money as you want if you support us for even just a dollar a month you will get instant access to our discord that's where we talk about the show we plan things you can uh, you can ask me questions about my new baby and i will answer them probably uh you can come on there and and talk about if comp i know you know some folks may be joining us and wondering where's the next if comp episode it's coming uh, I have the brain problems. Uh, we're getting through it. Um, but I have comp. We'll be going back to that and talking about games. So it's a great place to chat about those. Um, and if you uh, if you support us at the $5 a month level, I will send you some stickers as soon as I am able to get out to the post office. Um, and uh, let's see. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at underscore short game. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. Shane, where can people find you? You can find me in the timeless pleasures of tubular bells. <laughs> yes. And Nate, where can people find you? Uh, same. <laughs> and listeners, thank you for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. <laughs>